So many times in life, we get thrown for a curve and don't know how to react. I can tell you the first time I had sex, how was my marriage going to survive? It's, it's over. I remember standing in front of the judge with my three-week-old baby, looking at my ex. I saw the look on his face and it was complete rage. Welcome to When Life Throws You a Curve and How to Make the Adjustment with your host, Katie Hamilton. Hey everyone, welcome to When Life Throws You a Curve and How to Make the Adjustment. I'm Katie Hamilton. Thank you so much for joining me today. So today we're going to take a brief time out from Pursue Unity. Uh, I am going to finish that series, but I have been thinking a lot about um, just, you know, timing and the podcast, and I really felt like it was important to go back and continue laying some foundation of why I wanted to make the podcast to begin with, and I wanted to, you know, make sure that I got that done and recorded within like that, you know, this first year. It was just important for me to really work from a solid, a pretty solid foundation, and I think it will actually better, uh, it just enhanced the Pursue Unity last two episodes we have on that series. Um, so we're going to we're gonna go back in time. I'm going to hit rewind on this episode and next week's episode or the next episode whenever that comes out. It's always a little unpredictable. <laughs> I'm always kept on my toes, so I just, you know, have to pass that along. But... Um, I want to kind of rewind and just talk about in this episode today about why it's important to have a good foundation. Why do we believe what we believe? Why is it important to know what we believe and why we believe it? Because if, you know, if you haven't yet, at some point you will get served up a four letter word called life and you have to know what you stand on, what's important to you, and, and why do you believe what you believe. If you have any hope of knocking it out of the park, for sure. Um, and once you have a really solid, concrete um, belief structure of knowing who you are and, you know, why you're here on this earth for this time and all those those things, all those, you know, if you have answers to those questions, you know, you can quote, get in the batter's box and face whatever, the fiercest Southpaw in all of the land, <laughs> you know, in the entire nation, and you're not going to be nervous. You're going to be confident uh, because you know that you were created for this. You were made to do these things, and it's not just you. It's you in Christ. Um, so... I'm, you know, I can't tell you at, you know, the time in my life that we're going to talk about today that I had all of these, um, that I would have packaged this like this and put a bow on it, but I definitely was beginning to understand these concepts and I really was asking myself, um, hard questions and for me personally, next, on the next episode, we'll talk a little bit more about why, you know, why these, why was it important? When I started asking myself certain questions, why the answers for me, at, you know, in the beginning really brought more questions. Um, but I, God really allowed me to have opportunities 
and used all of the situations I was in and circumstances for me to sort out those answers. And they really became part of, part of me, like part of what helped form my belief systems about life, about God, about myself. Um, and this happened, you know, so early in my 20s. I was 23 when I really started piecing these things together. Um, but I can tell you, I'm so glad. I'm, I can't. I can't tell you that I'm glad for the the circumstances that they came from or came through. But I can tell you that nothing has been wasted, and it has prepared me for all of the stuff that I've gone through over the last, you know, 15 or 20 years. So. In that sense, it's absolutely been worth it. And regardless of how you come to these answers, like sometimes they, they come through situations that are challenging and trying, which is like, you know, hello, kind of the, the point of this podcast. But it, it this gets us to a place of how do we have joy when we're experiencing pain? And what does that look like practically? And how do you actually experience that? So I'm going to share something that I, I wasn't planning to share until today when I got up, I was thinking about, you know, um, recording today and I just felt like the Lord dropped something in my lap and said, no, I'm going to have you talk about this. I was like, okay, well, just make that adjustment. And, and, you know, this, all of this, whatever this, you know, this it's, it's all for him and for his glory anyway. So whatever he tells me to do, I'm going to be obedient. Um, and I can't, I really can't wait to hit rewind because I would never be able to talk about all of the stuff, quote, that I've experienced over the last 15 or 20 years and have it make nearly as much sense or um, it's not going to be conveyed the same way if, you know, unless I share how how did it how did it start how, how did it get on this journey so at times if it seems like i'm just sharing you know and this again will be more for next the next episode and i'll probably say this again but if it seems like i'm talking just for the sake of talking about the quote badness of josh i i, I want you to hear in my heart very clearly that that's never my intention some of the situations I'm going to talk about, yes, they do. It's going to reflect maybe not lovely on him. Okay, well, some of the stuff I'm going to talk about is not going to reflect lovely on me either. But it has so much less to do with the badness of Josh, but rather it's it's the goodness of Jesus that I experienced. And that's the things that, you know, it's his, it's his goodness that I discovered in this process of life and in, you know, in some situations that were very, very hard. Um, but I can tell you, I'm still living out things that are very hard in real time. And the only way that I'm able to still be dealing with stuff and new things and, you know, some of the same things and be sane and have so much love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and every fruit of the spirit, gentleness and self-control is because I learned about the goodness of God, you know, more than, you know, 15, 20 years ago. I mean, they were concepts that I knew growing up, things that I learned. 
And, you know, I would have said that I believed, but you don't really know what you believe until the rubber meets the road or shit hits the fan or you have to really walk it out and keep walking it out and knowing who you are and who Christ is and he's your hope and he's your confidence. And that, you know, it's so it's then you can be in that batter's box knowing that you've trained for this, you've prepared for this, you were born to do this because Christ is with you and he he picked the time and the place that all of us were going to be like released into this world. So when he, you know, was thinking about Katie and when he was going to, you know, release me into the world, like he had already created all, like he already knew every single thing that I was going to go through. Some were going to be things that the enemy brought. Some were going to be like my own, just really bad choices. Um, but he, he chose this time. He chose for you know, me to live on this earth starting in 1981 and still be here. And so I know that I have everything I need for, to be in existence in this time in history. And you know, I know that I have every single thing I need you know, in Christ to make it and to be successful. And if God's with me, there's no one that can be against me and I'm and it's going to be impossible for me to fail because I'm not counting on me. My you know, my all of my weaknesses, like that's when Christ's strength is made perfect through my life and that's when his light shines through me the most is through all of the cracks and the brokenness that I've experienced. I just give it all to him and I just let him be uh, all of the strength that I need. So I know that sounds great and lovely and whatever, but it's, it's the truth. It is absolutely the truth, but it, I didn't get to this place and have lived this out for so many years and years um, without some really wrestling it out. And, and the way that he built me, the way that he made me, you know, I wanted to know, like I always had this bend for justice. I always had this um, did like, you know, I, I want justice. I remember being a child and like, you know, I sang a song about child abuse when I was four. Uh, why my parents let me sing that song? I have no idea. Uh, I think I've mentioned that maybe on this podcast before. Um, but you know, I, I had this innate desire to like speak up for people that couldn't speak up for themselves. And, you know, if you're really a person that has this, you know, justice bend to you and you ask, start asking yourself some hard questions, if you're really about justice, it can, it, you have to dig deep because, okay, well, if this is true, you know, then what about this? And, and I, I had to go through that process and really answer, get the, the questions to those, uh, answers to those questions that I had, um, because it, it, it is in me to want justice. Um, but trust me, through the process, I also realized how much I need grace and mercy. Um, but anyway, I, I'm going to tell you guys a story. We're going to have a, a lot of story time like over the next couple of weeks. It's just going to be how it is. Um, and I cannot promise that I won't drop an F-bomb. I'm going to try not to. But I... I'm just putting that out there. So if you've sensitive ears, just, you know, skip. 
Um, but I, I will. I, I am aware. I'm going to try not to. But you know, we're going to talk about some hard things, and sometimes, you know, hey, that's my disclaimer. Um, so you know, when I was about to have my daughter Julia, I, you know, of course, it was not my plan to get pregnant at 18. Now I don't don't know why I didn't think that I was going to. Um, like really, you really didn't think you were going to get pregnant because you were behaving like your life depended on it. Um, but I, you know, it was like, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant. You know, like what a shock. Like actually, but it was actually a shock. I, I couldn't believe it. So my life changed courses pretty quickly because I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm not, you know, this is not really about me anymore. Now I'm going to be responsible for another human being's life. And so I had to change my, you know, I had to do a 180 because I was just like on the, I'm going to have fun and party and I'm just going to do my thing. And, you know, um, yeah, that didn't last real long, but I'm so glad. I'm, I'm so glad that God gave me this little life when I was 19. I had her at 19. So, you know, as I was preparing for her birth there, uh, you know, like all the, you know, all the, all the new moms, you know, like we were going to have like the best hospital and the best doctor. And I want to have the, this is going to be my birth plan. And, you know, we're going to do the Salmaz class. And are you going to do the Bradley method? There was all this like talk, you know, and I'm like the only one my age that I know is pregnant. Um, but I remember taking this healthy moms class and I learned about stuff that I did not I didn't, I didn't know I needed to know about. I was, there was like all these old women having babies. They were like, you know, in their mid forties, like popping out kids. And I, I mean, they were talking about stuff I'd never even heard of, you know? And I'm like, okay, well I'll like do the, like the Lamaze class, but like my birth plan's like real simple. Like I'm going to go in, I'm just going to make it easy. I'll place my order now. I'll take the epidural as like the main course. And I want everything else that you got on the side in maximum doses, we just fine. And we just, we're just going to, you know, that's just how it's going to be. That's my plan. That's my plan. I still went to the classes, but I was so bothered, you know, by them. There was this very helpless husband on one of the episodes singing, like, she'll be coming around that mountain when she comes. I'm like, what, what is it? Why are we watching this? You know, my mom went to class with me. She's so sweet. Um, you know, and she's like, well, you know, you, you know, pay attention. And I'm like, mom, I already, you know, I'm just, I'm going for the epidural. Like, why would I not? Why would I not do that? Like that just, why would I ask for pain? That's just, like ridiculous. Um, so I, you know, had my plan. Okay. It was like real simple. Um, and I wanted to not feel pain, like very easy people. This is very easy. Um, so I get in there, you know, and Julia came a couple weeks early. All my kids, I had all my, my babies early, um, but I was so glad to even have made it like as far as I did because I was in labor at like 20 weeks with her and with Sierra. Um, and, you know, with Julia, I'll tell you just this real quick. You know, I didn't know obviously what, you know, contractions felt like or labor felt like, but even being... 20 weeks pregnant at, you know, 19, I, I knew there was something wasn't right. Like I just knew that there's some things that, you know, we as human beings just, we just know, you know, like I couldn't have said what it was, 
you know, but I went in there and I was having contractions that were like two minutes apart, but they, to me, it wasn't, it didn't feel painful. Um, you know, and they were like, oh my gosh, like they were started to give me, you know, all the stuff to stop my labor and then couldn't move, you know, for like 16 weeks I laid in a bed with, you know, when I, during that first pregnancy. So I was happy to have made it to the hospital. I'm like, okay, let's get the show on the road. And I reminded everybody, like, my, my plan, you know, my plan. I signed up for the drugs. Thank you. Epidural. Whatever my room was, 301 or whatever it was, you know, I'm like, okay, let's, you know. And I kept asking the nurse. I'm like, hey, did you put that order in? Did you put that order in? And she kept, uh, she was not, very, not a very nice woman, this woman, not at all. And, you know, like, okay, and I mean, I'm like in labor now. And I'm like, did you put the order in? And she looked at me and she said, you've got 15 hours of labor ahead of you. You better deal with this. She's like, you, you haven't even scratched the surface yet. And I'm thinking, well, if I have not scratched the surface, like, then we really need to get the show on the road because I've already felt way more than I intended on feeling, you know, like, what is with this woman? You know, I asked my mom, the, you know, my mom's like, well, I don't know. My mom had four kids too. Um, my mom, you know, didn't do natural childbirth. That was not even something that we talked about, except that the answer was a no for me. It was a no. And, you know, I've like bothering this lady and all of a sudden, like I find myself in this labor situation that is spiraling completely completely out of control and off the rails. And I, I mean, I'm in some type of pain that you, I didn't, I, I didn't think was even possible to experience, let alone live through. At, at one point, this is how crazy uh, I was because this actually, I'm not even exaggerating. This sounded rational to me at one point. I, I looked at my mom in just sheer panic and terror and out of, in, in, out of my mind, pain. I looked at my mom and I said, oh my God, I think if I just had a gun, if I had just, if I just had a gun, somebody could shoot me in like the foot or something. And then I would just like take the focus off of, you know, and like, I'm, I'm thinking these bizarre thoughts and, you know, this woman, this nurse, who was clearly not doing her job, I mean, she wasn't, I hope she's retired, um, you know, kept telling me, you know, how I was not going to, you know, how I was going to be struggling for so long and how, you know, if I thought this was bad, I better, you know, really get serious and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like trying to tune this chick out and, you know, all of a sudden this this nurse realizes that I'm like actually in, I'm like eight centimeters. Like we're in like the transition phase, just like uh, about. And she starts to freak out. She's like, oh no. Oh, you will not be having this baby. I will not be, I will not be delivering this baby. You will wait for the doctor. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm like literally about to kill this woman. And you know, I, I, I looked at my options, you know, and I'm thinking, holy shit, I, I have very limited options here. I don't like the options. You know, I'm thinking like, this is not what I signed up for. Not the plan. This was not the plan. I had two options. It was like to die or I could deliver the baby. And I didn't, I didn't like either one of those sounded 
terrible and I felt completely out of control, which I mean, I, w I was out of control. I mean, I was like, your body's just doing this thing. And my mom had gone to those classes with me. You know, she, they did give me Pitocin. I failed to mention that. That like enhances your labor, just makes the experience uh, a little bit more intense, which I swear to you, I think that nurse like pumped it up just for, you know, just for shits and giggles uh, for her own enjoyment because she was like really counting on me having this long labor. Well, I didn't have a long labor. I had a, you know, a two hour labor. Um, I think it had been three hours like from the time I got to the hospital till like I had my child. But my mom, she looked at me and she said, Katie, you need, you, you have to do this. You're going to do this. You were made for this. You were, your body was born to do this. And I'm thinking, no, 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 it's not. I, it's not. I can assure you that it's not. It's not. It's not. Like, I'm not. I can't do it. Like, I don't want to do this. Nothing about this is comfortable. Nothing about this feels good. I mean, I was literally, I, I mean, I was, I, I felt like I was going out of my mind because I didn't know how I could be experiencing what, I was experiencing pain wise and and still be living i mean it just didn't seem didn't it didn't seem possible like unless you've experienced that you don't know what that is you don't there's no way that you can know what that feels like because it's nothing you have ever 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 felt before it's not something that you necessarily want to ever feel again but my mom she she looked at me and she's like you're, you're gonna do this you were made for this. You, I need you to focus and remember that you are having your daughter. Like this, it is go time, baby. You want to be an adult? Like it's, it's happening. This is happening. And I like, okay. I like grasped the fact that like my, my alternative was to die. So, all right, I got to get this done. I don't know where the freaking anesthesiologist is but like that's off the table that ship sailed there was going to be no no drugs for katie you know it's it's now it's happening and oh by the way the nurse is telling me you know don't push don't you dare push <laughs> bitch you know like my body's gonna push <laughs> like get i mean i just had to tune that woman out i just couldn't listen to her i could not listen to her i had i had to focus i had to like literally concentrate and i mean i birthed my daughter and it it hurt like hell i mean it it effing hurt but oh my god i had this baby and i took one look at her and was just like so overwhelmed at this other emotion that i had also never felt anything like it in my life it was this rush of love that was so intense. I mean, it, it was lit. I mean, as bad as that pain was, it made this intense love that I had for this new life, for this little life that I had just brought into the world that I was going to be responsible for, which terrified me. But it, it was so intense. And I can tell you, that there is not a person in this world that will ever love my kids the way I love my kids because I know what it took to get them into this world. It was not easy. I mean, 
I was so overwhelmed by the love that I had for that new life. And as a new mom, you've just never experienced all of these things. That that love is, it is next level love. And it's, it's something you can't describe, just like you can't describe what labor feels like. But I can tell you, if I, me personally, this is just me. I'm not, uh, everybody, you know, has their own little journey on, you know, discovering these things. But absolutely a million percent, I needed to feel that pain because I needed to know what a treasure I had in this life. And I was young and I don't think I would have cared for her and been the kind of mom that I have been able to be if I hadn't known what it took to, to bring her into this world and, and all my kids. But of course, I'll talk about, you know, I'm going to talk about labor number four as it compared to one in, in a minute because it's important that I point that, that out. Uh, but I, I treasured her life. I valued, like instantly, there was no you know, that it didn't need time to develop. Like it was an immediate, oh my gosh, I am so in love with this life. I mean, I would have done any single thing in the world. I don't care what it was to protect, to protect her and to care for her and to love her and to raise her. I mean, it didn't matter that I was 19. It it didn't matter if I, what, what age I was. I mean, I was going to be the best mother and I was going to protect this life and raise her. And I come what may, there's no one that would have been able to do the job that I was able to do because I know what it took to, to, to bring her into this world. And I, I'm the one that experienced that pain and I contended for, for that. And that was, you know, something that I, that was my job to do. And, you know, going into the next labor and the next labor and the next labor. Well, by the time I had Stella, you know, I had done natural childbirth. Now, by the way, I also felt like so amazing because, you know, I didn't have any. of. So, you know, you feel all the, all the endorphins, all the hormones and everything that, you know, you have that I probably would imagine I wouldn't have felt so intensely. Um, but you know, I, I know, okay, by, by birth number four, not that I could say, okay, well, I'm looking so forward to, you know, that pain, but I knew at that, by the, by the time birth number four came around, I knew exactly what it felt like to be at six centimeters and eight centimeters and nine. I mean, I could tell the doctor, oh, no, I'm at eight. No, I'm at eight and a half. Okay. I'm at eight and three quarters. I mean, like it was this because like she would check to see if I was and she'd be like oh my goodness well you like actually know I'm like I yes I do know and I know I I don't want that epidural like the thought of the thought of that thing going in my back was sounded horrible to me I you know I knew I could do it I absolutely knew okay I, I this I know I can do like I've done this before I can do this this is not gonna be fun but you know I know exactly how much energy it's going to take. I know, you know, thankfully I did have fast labors. I mean, they're very intense, but, you know, that's just how my body did it. Um, and so I knew going in, okay, you know, 
this is what this feels like, this is what this feels like, no, I don't need that epidural, I just need to focus because I, I've got to get this done for the joy set before me so I can hold this little, you know, this little life that I'm trying to bring into this world. Um, and it, you know, my mindset totally changed. I mean, if you had seen me birthing Stella versus birthing Julia, it was like two different people. And it wasn't because I was like all of a sudden stronger physically necessarily. I mean, not at all. I mean, I was 30 years old when I had Stella. It was just that I had done it before. I knew how to do it. I knew that I could do it and I knew what it was going to take to do it. And so, okay, I, I'm made for this. I can do this. Like, let's just, let's, let's just go. Let's just get it done. Um, so it was a different, totally different mindset. And, you know, I feel like in, in life, when you're, when you are going through something that is not, it's definitely not part of your plan and it is not comfortable and it is not what you anticipated or expected and all of the stuff that you've you know, tried or were counting on have totally failed, um, you know, you have to know that you were made for, for this. Like you're, you were made for this. Like you can do it. You're going to live through it. You're going to thrive through it. You're going to shock yourself um, because you're going to, you know, remember that like, okay, I, I'm going to rely on God. I'm going to like use his strength to get me through this because this is not something that I can do on, you know, in myself. And, and as you go through more of life's trials, which obviously I'm comparing to this labor situation, um, you know, it's not, it's not necessarily that the situations get easier, but it's, you know, whose strength you're relying on to get you through those. And that's how you for the joy set before you, you can endure because you know what is on the other side. And that's, you know, when James talks about consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you encounter trials of various kinds, you know, I'm thinking like, well, James and I have different views of joy because I don't think I would ever get to a place where I can consider it joy when I'm going through something that's very very uncomfortable, not the plan, not what I signed up for, not what I thought I was going to be getting. None of it looks like how I thought it was going to look. Okay. So how, how am I going to consider it joy? Well, because something, this situation is not going to be wasted. God is going to use it to birth something in you that, you know, was planned and conceived in the secret place long in advance. It's not going to be wasted. And, you know, it's okay that it, it doesn't look like how you thought it might look. The chances are, if you give it to Jesus, it's going to look so much better in time. In time. It might be very, very messy in the moment. There's things that you might think, okay, well, I should have done this differently or I should have done that differently. Like, I should have gotten a new nurse immediately. <laughs> um that's okay. I, you know what? It was good that I had that nurse. I had to learn to tune that woman out because I could not let her voice and her negativity and her just overall just bitchy behavior affect, you know, my outcome. Like I had a job I had to do and it was literally like do or die. This is what we're, this is what we're doing. Um, you know, I mean, and that, that was, 
it was good. I mean, I hope she is retired now, but I'm glad that if anybody was going to get her, maybe she was just having a bad day. I don't know, but it, it, it doesn't matter because regardless of what's going on out here, you know, I, I always know, okay, I've got, this is, this is the path that God has planned for me for this, for this time in history. So I'm going to do this with excellence regardless of how it looks and definitely regardless of how it feels because I know that this trial, that this, you know, pain that I'm currently experiencing is perfecting something in me that is going to make me complete and lacking nothing. So while it may not feel great for the joy set before me, I'm going to endure. I mean, literally Jesus for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising its shame, you know, so that he could reconcile us to God out of his great love, out of his great love. He sacrificed his life for our lives. So, you know, when I decided I wanted to do this, this podcast, the whole concept of experiencing joy in the midst of deep pain, you know, it, it sounds like a great idea, but I can tell you from my experience in life, it is possible and I can say that with confidence because for the last 15 to 20 years, I've, I've walked it out in so many different scenarios and currently am dealing with a scenario that is, that's, it's very unjust. It's very unjust, but that situation doesn't affect the joy that I have because joy is not an emotion. It's a fruit of the spirit. And the reason that I wanted to talk about this before we got into, you know, finishing Pursue Unity is because, you know, in that next episode, when I talk about the you, you know, in unity, in pursue, um, it'll be the you, you know, it's, we're going to talk about like, how, how do we get fruit that is, um, you know, that, that's going to bear fruit in its season, you know, be like a tree planted by streams of water. And how do, how do we get the fruit of the spirit of love, joy, patience, you know, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control at all times and all things, regardless of our situation or our circumstance. And, you know, I didn't feel like I can talk about that. Um, whenever I do talk about it without finishing, being able to just lay the foundation for the pot, this podcast itself, because the foundation of, this whole entire thing um, is is what got me. I mean, it's part of who, you know, how he shaped me, how he formed me and showed me his goodness and also showed me about how he created me. And, you know, I, I needed to share at least at least the beginning. Um, and I am going to, you know, continue to tell some of that very first year of my marriage, but to keep in mind as I share, um, we are going to talk so much more about the goodness of God and in contrast to what it might seem like I'm talking about, you know, the badness of my, my ex-husband who I care for very much. I want him to be the best he can be. 
and that's legitimate. I, I have felt like that for 20 years and I'm always going to feel like that. And, um, but that's because my foundation is rooted in who God is and how I discovered his goodness and how he changed the lens that I looked through, um, you know, by my experience and the things that he allowed that were absolutely trials at the time, but they have perfected things in me that will sustain me throughout forever, you know, because they, because I've grown really deep roots in, uh, in this process. So I know we are out of time, but I hope that you come back next week. We're going to rewind the clock, not quite as far as, uh, almost 20 years. I cannot believe Julie's going to be 20 in March. Uh, I was going through that whole thing 20 years ago, like right, right now. I mean, I remember, oh my goodness, being on bed rest and all that stuff, but we are going to hit rewind. Um, and it will be just, you know, a year or two later. So I hope that you stick around for that. And um, thank you guys so much for joining me. I am excited to continue sharing my journey on experiencing joy in the midst of pain and how to experience the goodness of God in the process. Uh, but thank you guys so much for joining me. I will see you next time on When Life Throws You a Curve and how to make the adjustment. Come find me on social media on Instagram and Twitter at Katie Hamilton 32 on Facebook at Katie Hamilton and at When Life Throws You a Curve 32 and on YouTube at Katie Hamilton. The content provided here was supplied by a third party for display on our platform. The content is not owned or created by Real News PR. The views and opinions are those of the creator.